Flippity flicks, pick up the sticks. What we offer here is not a quick fix. With Jesus Christ, our sins we eclipse. Welcome back to TNT Season 2, Episode 6. I like the cadence there. See, to all our listeners, you're knowing that you're finding out probably by this point that the rhymes are becoming a part of the intro tradition here on True North Talk. But yep. you have to appreciate the cadence there because if, if anybody were just to come and read this line off of this transcript here or the, the outline, Peter, I don't think they necessarily would know the cadence to make it fit like that, right? Welcome back to Not TNT it. Season 2, Episode 6. Yeah, there's kind of an art to have it. the flow. It is. It is a little bit. Not to pat myself on the back, but it is. It's something that you pick up with practice of doing it. We've we've been doing this for a little bit, and you're kind of the one who helped me who helped me kind of figure that out more of making sure that it really flows rather than just rather than just saying the line just so you deliver the rhyme. You got to make sure it whoa, goes whoa, whoa, in time. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! See, that's some next level stuff right there. See, now you just. Off the top rhyming <laughs> mid-episode. <laughs> I'm in that flow right now, bro. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of our thing we do. I mean, it's not, I don't know. If you had a super serious podcast, probably would be like, oh, let's do a goofy rhyme. But I think it's kind of fun. It, it chops it up and just, I don't know, makes it a little bit uh, lighthearted to start some of the more serious topics off, which, yeah. I don't know, yeah, you might us, say. It gets us. I think it helps too, just quickly. It helps it feel more like a conversation. So we're not here like just delivering what we're what we're reading or what we're talking about here is like some sort of stale like monologue or something like that. You know, we open it up with something like that to get into like, you know, having fun with it and just, you know, feeling like it really is a conversation because that's what this podcast is. I mean, Joseph and I have been, you know, friends for seven years now. And, you know, we want it to feel like you're just kind of getting getting an insight into what we talk about. And we want it to be absolutely as natural as possible. And that's yeah. a good way to get it started. Yeah. So we hope you guys appreciate that. And I think, I don't know, there's a couple people I've already heard back from that I think is kind of funny. So we uh, we enjoy that. But, yeah, on to today's topic. So I, like I was going to say there um, might be something that people would consider more serious, just depending on how we take this. But. Um, got the inspiration for this episode uh, from a video that Peter and I both watched. I sent it over to him this week and something I've been thinking about too, because, uh, I guess this mindset or way of thinking has been in my mind to a certain extent, um, of the past few months, I guess you could say, or past year or two years. And it come, it came into my mind because of the scripture of reaping what you sow, you know, you reap what truly I tell you, you reap what you sow. Um, and I think sometimes we can think that, you know, our, like if something bad happens in our lives, we can think it's in proportion or because of something we did wrong. And it can be a slippery slope mindset and a dangerous mindset. And we're going to get into why that is and how that can be. But even in, in Christian circles and Peter, you know, you watch the video too, uh, that the guy who was talking, uh, Chris Stefanik, he's got a decent sized YouTube channel, talks about Christianity and stuff um, along those lines. Um, but, you know, an example of karma, the idea of karma and accepting that um, and like the dangers that can pose, we're going to get into that example. But he was talking about, you know, in Christian circles, even this idea can be permeated because of a lot of people who claim not to be. Sp- Christians, but they're spiritual. They say, Oh, I believe in karma. I believe in, 
doing good, you know, and you'll reap good from it. If you do bad, you're going to get bad from it. But we're going to specifically get into some of the details of what the bad that can come from that mindset. And also the answer and the antidote to karma, um, which some of you may know off the top of your heads, it's a pretty prominent part of the gospel. But um, yeah, do you think I summed that up pretty well, that video, Peter? Yeah, yeah, I think you definitely, definitely summarized that really well. Probably, probably better than I could. Um, yeah, I think it was just some that I picked from that too. Is like just again, like the that some people might say, well, isn't it kind of what uh, contradictory to say you reap what you sow, but then not believe in karma? And I think what we'll talk about here, and what what Chris talked about in the video, is that those are two different things, and quick thing that I think about karma is it's something that exists between us as humans. Like when you treat one person in some way, nine times out of 10, they're going to treat you in the same way, whether it's positive or negative, but that's not something that we get from God. You know, no matter how, no matter how sinful we are, no matter how often we mess up, he is still going to treat us with everlasting unconditional love. And I think that's something I'm sure that we'll, we'll dive into throughout this episode, but just something, a quick observation that I had from, from watching that video earlier this week as well. Yeah. And, I, and so we were also talking before the episode, this episode is going to be power packed. Okay. This is specific scope. We're going to give you guys a, a pretty big idea here, but narrow it down to, to be digested. And the first thing I want to go into, actually it's, it's at the bottom of the outline, Peter, but uh, I think it's the best thing to start with. And, like you said, people might be confused about, well, karma, this idea seems contradictory to say you reap what you sow, but how is that not karma? And I think the, we need to address that here. And mm-hmm. I, I titled this in the outline, is it possible to reap negative consequences of sin? Because if we're going to say your negative consequences in your life are not proportional to your sin, we need to explain how that is. And the Bible does address it. And I think the first idea we need to talk about with that is the fact that those who do evil, they often reap negative consequences, but it's not always, it's not always in direct proportion. So first of all, that idea, is that something that you previously thought was proportional, Peter? Like it, it, just in your mind, when you think about people out there doing evil in the world, um, do you think like, well, they're, it's eventually going to come back on them. Or do you think more of like some people do bad and they get away with it and some people you know, they will reap consequences on this earth for it. I think I'd be more in that second camp of some, some people do get away with it in this life. I would certainly add to that though, that when it comes to eternal life, they will barring coming to God, turning away from, from that evil coming, coming to the Lord and becoming saved. They are eventually going to reap those consequences. But I would say it is it is something where it's kind of a case by case things and there's there's a lot of people who rise to power by by doing you know evil or at least morally morally wrong in just destructive ways but i don't think it's always a definitive clear thing of that those who do evil are always going to have negative consequences immediately and maybe it's something that comes later in life. Maybe it's something that doesn't come until until they reach eternity and are judged for what they did. But I yeah. think, and so I would say, I, I I agree with what you said in the question that we have in our outline here. The consequences of evil are real. I don't think they're always proportional, though. 
at least not in the in how they are um i guess how the consequences are delivered here yeah so when you ask when you're talking about the consequences of evil even you have to break down what is evil and in studying this uh i went went ahead and looked at the greek translation of the word evil and there's two different definitions when this word is referenced in the scripture and the first definition is evil meaning what we think it is the opposite of good devious negative you know not not good bad evil is bad um but the second definition which i think is interesting is it is the name of a demon who essentially kind of waits for you to commit sin and then is able to enter your life and and, and kind of wreak havoc in your life but there are also references to this idea of a demon waiting for you to commit sin um in the in the sense of it's not always like it's not always going to happen immediately so that's where the idea of grace is um but isn't that interesting that there's two definitions of that word evil i think most people think oh evil just means bad but no if you actually look at the greek translation of that word it's the name of a demon that's waiting to to act which i think makes it a little bit more real when you think about sinning against god like you are opening yourself up to demonic influence. And we have another episode in the works we're just talking about of the reality of, you know, demons and spiritual warfare and witchcraft and just the literal, um, I guess, what, how would you call that? Manifestation or yeah, how real are these things? Yeah, I think manifestation would be the, the reality of it, the repercussions. Yeah. So we have that episode in the works, but, and we'll, and we'll maybe even dive into this in that episode more, but I just thought, I thought that was very profound about, you know, we are opening ourselves up, ourselves up to demonic influence if we commit sin. And there are also other ways. Have you heard any other ways, Peter? I'm sure your dad's talked about this or preached about it at, at certain times maybe, but just other ways that, um, we open ourselves up to demonic influence. I think it's just by I think number one is when when you commit an act of a sin, no matter how quote unquote big or small, obviously all sins are the same in God's eyes, so I'm gonna dismiss that point of you know big or small sins whenever you allow a sin to even just enter your life and you don't feel any sort of repentance for that, I think that's when this demon the demon of of evil is able to kind of almost indwell you a little bit and it's not it's not so much straight up a possession but just this like spirit of you know when you do it one time it's going to be easier to do it that second time it's going to be easier to do even easier to do it a third time a fourth time a fifth time and so what this is is like you know we need to be it's the armor of god i think is something that applies here too constantly having that on to defend against this spirit of evil who and again i think they're kind of interconnected like this the name of the demon is somebody who is the opposite of good, who is devious and negative and just seeks to tear down rather than build up. And so if we allow that sin to enter into our lives, I mean, the word talks about this, then it, it can, without it, you know, the defense of God, it can take over and we can just continue to get caught up in that again and again and again. And so what's important here is to defend ourselves, to fortify ourselves in the word, in, in time with God against, against this attack of evil and just doing everything that we can in the Lord's power and, you know, with, with our willingness 
to to fight against that yeah absolutely and you know kind of going back to the first idea that we talked about because i, I want to address this too um we're not saying like just because somebody can commit evil in this earth for example you the, the listener if you're listening to this episode you can commit a sin and not necessarily pay a direct consequence for that sin on this earth but i do, I do want to reference some scripture regarding the punishment of sin and peter if you want to take that first one the proverbs scripture and then yeah. i'll go into jeremiah and we'll talk about that perfect do you want me to add anything afterwards or just kind if of you if yeah if you want to it's up to you sure the one acted wickedly the one acting wickedly his own inequities will capture him and he will be seized by the cords of his own sin i think that is i didn't, I didn't even look at that verse honestly before before when i was as i was saying what i was saying earlier but i think that kind of ties into directly literally ties in seized by the cords it, it ties yeah. in exactly what i was saying where you become seized by the cords of sins where when you're acting wickedly, your own inequities will capture you and you'll be seized. So I think it's also, it's not so, like kind of on the karma idea and of it coming back to you. Again, it's not so much that those consequences will catch up to you right away, but you'll get so caught up in that sin that you'll just, again, you'll be seized by it and it'll control who you are and yeah. it'll control what you do. And eventually, yes, again, We've talked about it before, but you know it's 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 ultimately in God's timing to decide when that judgment comes. But it will come one day, exactly. You know, and the only really the only thing that you can do to be rid of that is to repent, to turn your life to the Lord, to say, Lord, I'm sorry for that sin. I know by Your power I'll no longer commit that. Lord, I pray for Your forgiveness. And if you do that, then it does. You know, it, the Bible says it carry c- covers over a multitude of sins. The, the salvation of the Lord. But when you get seized into it and you don't don't use the power of the Lord to break free of those bonds, then you're going to continually just be drawn deeper and deeper and deeper into that sin. Yeah, and it's more of like an active punishment. You know, seized by the cords of a sin is you're living in a lifestyle of sin. You're living enslaved mm-hmm. to that sin, um, which I think also goes kind of against the idea of karma, which is commit this sin, you do this amount of evil, and then this amount of evil will be paid back to you at some point in your life. Equally um, so, yeah. Yeah. And before, yeah, I'm not even going to go to Jeremiah. I'm going to talk about the story in the video. So the video we watched, there was a Buddhist man that this Chris Stefanik was talking to. Chris is a Christian. And the Buddhist man was explaining how he will be uh, indebted to the amount of um, bad that he committed for the rest of his life, no matter what he does. And then he just hopes that it will be given to him, this punishment, over a long period of time in small amounts instead of all at once, which could potentially be death in his own words. Um, so maybe not, I, I don't mean his own words, but obviously that could be a possibility. So, you know, the Christian was like, well, that's kind of sad. That's kind of a sad state to live in of just expecting bad things to happen for the rest of your life because there's nothing you can do to pay, to pay for the evil you've already committed. And they asked the Buddhist, so there's no way out of this. And they said, no. This is what I've done. This is what I have to pay. And that's a, stri- that's a striking realization. I think a lot of people who aren't Christians, and maybe even some people who believe in karma that are Christians, which we could ask the question, are they really Christians if they fully believe in karma? I don't know. But um, those people who are believing in the, in the idea of karma, that's a scary place to be. It's a sad place to be. You know, And that's, that paints a picture of grace and how beautiful it is to have grace. 
Um, and this quote here I have right here in the outline, the first section, I think is pretty awesome. With karma, you get what you deserve. In Christianity, Jesus got what you deserve, right? Mm-hmm. And just because the amount of our sin is so great that there's no possible way we could ever handle the amount of punishment that's going to come with it, nor, you know, do anything to rid ourselves of those consequences. So, yeah, I just think that's a that's an awesome quote there and paints the picture of grace perfectly. But um, anything else you want to say about that, Peter? And if not, we can go ahead and do the Galatians verse. Just quickly, I think <clears throat> that it's also kind of a case of for people who are caught up in, in sin, acting wickedly, living, living in evil, it's almost, I feel like there's something, even if they're not facing the consequences in the moment, I feel like there's a sense of like fear and trepidation that they almost feel like, like afraid to lose what they have. Like I think of somebody who's built up a vast wealth and has done it in a way that ultimately is, is sinful and even evil. And there's kind of, it was something that we read in Proverbs, I think at one point, I think it was when we were doing the, the finance, the money episode, um, was that like they're afraid to lose it then and so i feel like that's something too again even if you're not directly seeing those consequences and you're not maybe maybe losing something or or facing some other form of consequences but i feel like even that kind of that fear and worry is its own sort of consequence for you know when you build up something in a way that is that is evil and contrast with with god's will yeah and also have you ever had have you ever had a situation where like if you do something wrong, you know, you can, if you don't understand the idea of grace, there can be a fear of, oh, okay, well, I just messed up, you know, the next week is going to be bad because I just did this, you know, and I'm going to have to pay for this. And it can create a fearful mindset of if you make a mistake as a Christian or if you sin or whatever, there can be a fear of, I have to pay back for what I did for that in this world. And something bad is going to happen to me because I just did this. Right. And the beauty is that that's not true. That's not true. But we have to have a repentant heart. Amen. Right? We can't just go on sinning. What is that? First John scripture. I know you said recently you want to go ahead and have an episode on First John, which we need to. Um, yeah. We have we could have a whole series on First John. But one other thing, too, real quick while you're looking that up, I think it's almost on the flip side, too. It's almost like there can be a feeling of, oh, I got away with this. I can get away with even more now. Right. You know, it's that, that, that false sense of confidence where you can get something maybe in, in, in a, uh, in the wrong way, in a morally, morally, uh, just a morally wrong way. And then it feels like you can continue to get away with that. But again, what we're talking about here and what, you know, what the Bible preaches is that eventually, if you don't, if you don't have a repentant heart for that, it will catch up to you eventually. Yeah, and maybe maybe a distinction to make for this episode too for our listeners is is that the message of this episode is that on this earth there's no karmic effect on this earth always. There sometimes is. Sometimes you'll you'll pay earthly consequences for your sin on this earth, but not always, but you you will pay regardless. And that's what I want to go into next here in this outline is first I want to go ahead and read the first John scripture I was saying, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So right there, if you know Christ, you're not going to keep on sinning. And there's another section of 1 John. I think 1 John 1 says, whoever 
says he knows me and goes on sinning makes me a liar or makes himself a liar. Um, so we have very clear evidence of somebody will not go on sinning and living in that lifestyle if you are a Christian. So uh, that's I think it's important to say that too. But then the idea of paying regardless, um, let's see, Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. And again, Job 4, 8, as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. And I think underneath that Job scripture, there's kind of an attitude or a sentiment of, Oftentimes, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble will reap the same on this earth. I think that's kind of what I got when I was reading in in that section of the Bible was, generally speaking, you're not going to get away with sin. And that's been my experience in my life is most of the sin I've committed that I've been aware of, I have been aware of physical consequences or earthly consequences from that sin. You know, and I think that's the message there. And I don't know what you think about that, Peter, but that's what that kind of says to me is like most of the time there will be literal and physical consequences for the sin, but not always. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me too, because this is a, a piece of wisdom from kind of a misguided statement. The hmm. The background for this story is, I think at this point, at this point in the story of Job, the the man Job in the Bible who was a you know, a, a true man of God, a man kind of after God's own heart and was a true, you know, believer. And I mean, a believer as it was in the Old Testament, obviously a different thing from a believer once Jesus' sacrifice came into the picture. But regardless, he was a man who lived, you know, purely in God's eyes and he had all these bad things happen to him. And then his friend here, Eliphaz, was was talking about, you know, that, you know, this this happened because you you did evil, which of course is true, because all of us all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we all have sin. Um, but it was it was almost like they were blaming the 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 things that Job was suffering on on his sin, which I don't know, kind of gets into a territory where yes, that is true. But it also almost feels like just trying to find something to to blame. And well, in his example, really it wouldn't be from the sin, again. right? Because he was a man after God's own heart, and he was punished exactly fervently and heavily by the enemy to try to force him to flip on God. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think even in that story, there's kind of a a, a a lesson or a message to us of like just because somebody has physical ailments or whatever, you know, they're poor people, bad things are happening to them. It does not mean they're sinful. Yeah. And what was that? What was that thing in history? The the story about they used to test. Um, I swear there was like something I heard about oh, millstone, tie mill, yeah. millstone around the neck, drop them yeah. into the ocean. If they sink, they're guilty. If they float or if they don't sink far, Right. They are like if they if they sink to the bottom of the ocean, basically, I think they were they were deemed guilty because honestly, it would it would ultimately be their death sentence as well because they yeah, would ultimately and, drown. So, and I think yeah. too, I've heard other stories too of like I think it was like the Nile River, maybe the ancient Egyptian culture, one of the cultures they would yeah. tie up somebody's feet when they get married and put them in a river, and if they if they're able to get out of it, you know, 
they'll be faithful. And if they're not, then, you know, they, they kill them. Um, but I, I think that's a good antidote to that idea, which is like our earthly, uh, stature and disposition does not always correlate to, and oftentimes maybe does not correlate at all to our spiritual standing. Right. And, uh, that, that even talks on, that would even lead into another topic, which is, um, the false expectation of Christians to have material wealth in this life and success, which is the prosperity gospel. Um, but it looks like you're looking something up, Peter. Did you have something else you want to add there? Yeah, I see your gears story. turning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something. I'm trying to find the, the passage of it, and I might quickly jump off. No, okay, I got it. I got it pulled up here. But it's a story. It's a story of a man born blind. It's from John chapter 9. It says, as he, Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happens that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then so ultimately... He he spits spits on the ground, rubs the the dirt together with the spit, puts mud on on the blind man's eyes, and heals him. And he tells tells him to go wash in the pool of uh, Siloam, which means scent. So he washed. He comes home seeing, and then people are asking if he was the one who who had been blind. He he tells a story about how he was healed. And so then the the Pharisees get involved here. And for those who don't know, the Pharisees were basically the religious leaders of the day. They were fierce fierce opponents of Jesus Christ. And so they brought, brought the man to the Pharisees. Um, the day that Jesus had healed was on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. The blind man said he put mud on, well, the man born blind now, now seeing said he put mud on my eyes. I washed and now I see. And then, so he asked, you know, who, who was this man? The man, the Pharisees asked the man, who was this? The man replied, he is a prophet. They still do not believe. And then they asked his parents, is this your son? They asked, is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can now see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. And so a second time they summon the man, he says, they, they say, give glory to God by telling the truth. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Hmm. And so really kind of went a little bit more beyond the, the story that I was going for there. But at the beginning, especially where Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. And, and in, in this, Jesus is saying this isn't the cause of the blindness, because obviously the man and his parents had sinned. Right. But he's saying that he's he's answering the question you know, it was it his parents or his man because, you know, is that why he was born blind? And so they say, or Jesus says, no, it was ne- neither of those. It's, it happens that the works of God might be displayed in him. And so I think that's, that in is, is an answer. And honestly, I need to bookmark that passage, that verse, those two, those like three verses right there for when people ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Because mm. I feel like a lot in this episode, we've asked the question, you know, why can good things happen to people who have done evil? But then on the flip side, there's a question that I feel like I hear even more, which is why do bad things happen to good people? And yeah. right here, this is a tough answer for a lot of people to hear. But if you really understand scripture, you understand the Bible and you truly are 
devoted to the Lord, it's something that is is understandable, and it's something that I believe we should answer with, whether we're asked this question by by anybody, really, is this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And right. whether whether that's something miraculous happens, like what happened here, and that, that thing is healed, that you know problem goes away, whatever the case, or if it's just a chance to kind of show the perseverance that God puts into our lives. Yeah. I think this is a perfect example of, again, kind of, it, sh- it shows how grace and karma are completely, completely opposite. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with that idea, um, it goes along perfectly with what we were saying about um, the correlation between sin, causation of standing in life. Um, and like you were saying, bad things happening to good people so that the, the works of the Lord may be displayed. You could also look at that in the form of, of this, which is we are all gifted uniquely by God. And in my life, the biggest hardships and challenges I've been through have propelled me forward to do the greatest things I've done. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have a key within us that if we choose to take the, the hard path, the narrow path of accepting the hardships in life that we're given and bearing those hardships and using them once we go through them and walk through them as fuel to boost us along in our path, I think we can do mighty things in the, in the name of God. And mm-hmm. I think we're, we're all given that ability. And it's a beautiful thing as human beings to have that free will to choose. It's the mind is powerful. The mind is so powerful. You can choose to either, mm-hmm. you know, let something be your downfall or you can choose, literally choose you, you, you make the decision personally. Am I going to let this be my downfall or am I going to allow this to propel me to the, to great heights in life? And the obstacle is the way the obstacle is the way, but only with God and in, in the strength of the Lord, can we do this? Amen. And that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, you can be the toughest person in the world, but if you don't have God going through hardships, I can't imagine what that would be like. Honestly, hmm. I've, I've been through some hardships, yeah kind of going through a little bit of something now. And I just can't imagine trying to do that without God, you know, the hope that comes from it. And, uh, just want to read this too real quick. Um, this is on the sin cause like ailment, sickness, et cetera. And this is an interesting little section here to wrap us up kind of, um, let's see. So this is like a, the gospelcoalition.org and there's a, a post on here about this. Does sin cause sickness? And somebody, somebody posted and said, um, was asking the question. And the author wrote, a couple of years ago when I was preaching through the letter of James, a church member asked if we were going to be looking at the dodgy bit at the end, quote unquote, which is meant by this chapter five, uh, verses 13 through 16. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the person sick uh, well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So there's kind of a tie there between the the sin and sickness. Um, But let's see. So... The author says um, this in response. It's vital to understand the context in which this discussion of sickness and healing takes place. The pressing issues that occasion the letter are spiritual drifting. James has called it double-mindedness and spiritual adultery and the need to return to God in wholehearted faith. Um, 
confess your sins so that you may be healed in 16. And then the prayer offered will make the sick person well. 15, uh, they say, notice the results appear the wrong way around here. The sick person is saved and the sinner is healed. Ordinarily, we'd expect the sick person to be healed and the sinner saved. But James is drawing a connection between the, the person's sickness and sin. Um, and they go on further to explain the, the warning of drawing that direct connection between sickness and sin. And I think it's kind of what you were saying about people can think if that was true, people would think every time somebody's sick is because they did something horrible. You know, if somebody's deathly ill with cancer, cancer, uh, they would have had to commit a horrible act to have that cancer. Right. But there's been many good people who have gotten cancer. Um, and let's see, I just want to finish this up here real quick. Um, the New Testament urges great caution in making this sort of connection. In general, sickness is part of part and parcel of life in a broken and fallen world. It's mm-hmm. part of the fallout from our collective rebellion against God, and in that sense is indiscriminate. But there are a few occasions in the New Testament where sickness does result from sin. For example, Jesus warned the healed invalid, see again, you are well, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Instances of sin-prompted sickness are meant to provoke repentance so the fatherly discipline can be lifted. So it's not always that sickness or earthly consequence that we're saying we to come full circle here does come from sin, but obviously there are some sins. For example, drunkenness. If you drink alcohol excessively for years, you're going to pay physical consequences. You're going to be sick from it. Um, but I think just the general theme of this episode, I think it's a great way to wrap it up, is not everything is in direct proportion when it comes to sin and then negative consequence, Right? It's not in direct proportion. It's not always. And we are freedom. We are not freedom. We are freed from, not freedom. <laughs> we're given freedom. Yes, we're given freedom to be freed from the, there we the, go. <laughs> <laughs> the sin we commit and the, and the negative consequences that come from that sin. And sometimes the literal demon that can enter our lives or demons, Lord forbid, um, that can come from sinning and practicing sin. So, yeah, I, I think this is a very important concept to understand as a Christian. I think it's straight to the point. And something too, I want to say is, is Peter and I discussed this before season two was, you know, I think naturally as these things happen, we'll have conversations and podcasts that go an hour or so, but we don't want to force things like this. I think this is a good example of a topic that is really good to just hear the truth on it and keep it specific in scope and hopefully give you guys some good stuff to take home and think about this week and come back at it next week. Um, yeah, no beating around the bush. Exactly. And then Peter, if you want to go into a little bit too, what we were saying about just to give our listeners a heads up and just to, just to know where we're at with this, uh, just the strategy here with season two and going forward of kind of like having a Sabbath type of thing, every eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Did you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, we're, we're not going to lock it in. I don't think maybe on a specific amount of episodes, Joe just mentioned there are eight episodes, maybe being a good, good kind of range, but somewhere Somewhere I'd say probably between, you know, sometimes it'll probably be after, you know, four weeks, like what we did. We kind of took, we had a week off because that's just how things arose a couple of weeks ago. Or, you know, ideally more so it wouldn't happen more than like once every couple of months. But it is, it's important, I think, so that we bring our best awareness so that we're in the most lockstep with the Lord 
and really bringing the absolute richest content that we can. Yeah. Spiritual ri- richness, obviously. You know, not like not like we have a million dollar budget here that we're that we're literally spending riches on, but having having the richest content that we can and having meaningful conversations and um, just maybe just maybe one final point. I don't know if we we're going to close this off with a prayer or two or something, but yeah. You know, if you're if you're finding yourself asking why why am I feeling down? Why am I feeling, you know, feeling like I, I don't know what I'm what I'm doing in life? Why do I feel like I'm, you know, my back's against the wall? Why do I feel like I'm I'm sick a lot of the time? I think I think oftentimes there can be an answer and I think that can kind of kind of lead back to what your lifestyle looks like. I would encourage everybody listening if you live a lifestyle where you know, you're just kind of living freely in the world's eyes as as kind of a common phrase goes and just doing doing whatever you want not not worrying about the the effects that are going to come that's probably 9 times out of 10 99 out of 100 that's the reason why you're experiencing some of those things and I think just kind of to to wrap up this episode is if you're kind of feeling lost in those spaces I would encourage you to to come before the Lord and just present that that request to him know that he's going to to provide and that he's going to offer forgiveness for the mistakes that you've made for the habits that you for the bad habits that you built up and he's going to lead you to to the way everlasting and so i just kind of wanted to end with that encouragement to kind of kind of wrap it up with this episode is if you're feeling those ill effects you know it's not always the case but a lot of times there's probably something something in your heart that you need to kind of fix and align with the lord and not always do you know that your sin is causing that. Sometimes people become saved and they, they find Christ and they realize, wow, I was causing that to come upon myself for so long. I didn't even know it, you know, and it's just a matter of hearing that truth. And yeah, I, I would occur, encourage everybody as well. We don't do this a whole, a whole lot, but just to, you know, explain briefly the beauty of the gospel and why you should repent. And it's, you know, the literal son of God, Jesus Christ, which scientifically has proven to be on earth is not even disputed. He was here. People who don't believe in in God and Christianity will tell you scientific evidence does show Jesus Christ lived on this earth. The literal son of God came down in in human flesh, took took upon the world's sin. He took your sin and my sin and gave us this gift of grace so that we don't have to pay the equal consequence for every sin we commit and that we can be reconciled to God. And all we must do is put our faith in him. Amen. And that's the beauty of it. So I just wanted to say that. So if we have any listeners who are not saved, please meditate on that idea. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to True North Talk. We have many episodes at this point, a good library of content that you can look to. Um, and I think there were some earlier episodes in season one that where we talked about the story of the gospel even more. And there was an Easter episode in specific where I remember we really, really went in depth. So that was a good one. Go back and find the Easter episode if you're interested in hearing more about that. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much sums it up for me. So unless you have anything else to say, we can go ahead and pray and and wrap it up. All good. Yeah. Okay. I can lead if you don't mind. Yeah. Perfect. Sure. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day and everything you've given us and the opportunity to speak freely in this nation about our faith and not be persecuted. Um, Just pray for any soul out there who's come across this podcast who might be searching for truth and searching for you, that they might hear today's message and repent and put their faith in you. And we just thank you for the ability to not have to pay the, the consequence on this earth for our sin and to be given the gift of grace that honestly is hard to grasp sometimes, but 
We are very thankful for it. Um, and we just pray that everybody who heard this episode uh, would just take home this idea and think about it and put it in their arsenal to become a stronger believer and disciple to spread the unchanging, never changing, all beautiful, strong, true word of God. And we just thank you for this week. We pray that you continue to bless True North in our aspirations. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, and Lord, I yeah, just want to echo everything that Joe said. Thank you for the ultimate forgiveness that you offer. Thank you for the, the love that you offer and for the just offering of helping us to, to come closer to you and to rid ourselves of, of the sins that plague us and that bind us and to find just meaning and forgiveness and love and mercy from you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for that gift that really isn't something that we can quantify in our human minds, but is just something we can be grateful for every moment of every day. And so I thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. If you made it this far in the episode, you are listening to season two of true North talk episode six. Uh, go ahead and like and rate the podcast. If you enjoyed it on Apple and Spotify and as we always say, we try, try to say more here recently, share the episode. Share this with your brother, with your mother, with your brother from another mother, <laughs> with your grandpappy, grandmammy, just about anybody who's willing to listen and give it a share. Um, but we appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, with that being said, I think that's pretty much it. So we will see everybody in episode seven. Have a wonderful week. Peace.